Welcome to Short and Sweet Parenting Tips. We are at episode 12 in our COVID pre-launch series. This is part three of Bridge the Gap and Avoid the Summer Slide. You are in for a really juicy episode for middle school through high schoolers. Both parts two and three overlap for middle school kids with different information, so depending on where your kids are at, you may want to have a listen to episode 11 too. Part one had some general information that is vital to helping your kids over the summer, so I would encourage you to give that a listen. Just in case you're new to this series, I am honored to have homeschool expert Christiana Gordy here to help me highlight methods to prepare your kids to transition back to school next year. I do want you to know that if we mention certain programs or companies, they have no affiliation with short and sweet tips. We are just two moms throwing out ideas. Our topic is helping our kids during the summer not to get more behind in school. And I say more behind because I feel like my kids are already very behind. I don't know, since you homeschool, do you feel like you're pretty on target? Yes, actually, that's the thing I, I have to say. I think we're pretty on target, and but of course, our thought is always, what will they lose over the summer? So I think in that respect, we're probably in the same boat on that. <laughs> Right, right. And that's one of the reasons I started doing summer work with my girls. This may not apply to everyone. I know the personality of my kids, they just really lose a lot and and routine's important to them. So I know that that's kind of my motivation. Uh, I also feel like what your kids' weaknesses are are something that are good to focus on during the summer. Not to torture them, but just hone that skill that maybe they're, that isn't a natural talent of theirs. Definitely. I think that's really a good point that you hit on um, because I think that's what you should do over the summer. Definitely. Especially when you're getting into pre-algebra, algebra, because you want to, you know, kind of figure out what those weaknesses are and really, really iron those out because as they go to the next one, then they'll have gaps and you want to try to avoid as many gaps as possible. It's not possible to be perfect, but it is possible, as you said, to really kind of go through those weak areas and try to expand upon them so that the next math that they go into, that they'll be able to keep up. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives them confidence going into that subject the next year. I agree. I I remember um, a year ago, I, I felt like, oh, maybe this summer I'll just let my kids have a break from math because they're constantly doing something. And I remember that particular year, we didn't do a readiness kind of classes that we sometimes do. And I remember when the school year started, my son said to me, you know, mom, I really think I should have done the readiness class because I don't feel as prepared as I did in the past. And I thought, wow, well, that's my child coming to me. And that was sort of a little reminder Mm -hmm. to me as a mom, like, you know, what Mm -hmm. you're doing is a good thing. There is a benefit to it. Right. So I definitely think, you know, that's always nice to get a little validation. Not that we need it, but it's nice to like, oh, it's working. Okay, great. Well, especially because you get pushback from your kids. Yes. so. So back on the topic about what your kids' weaknesses are, with us with moving so many times, We go to a school and maybe they don't focus on writing very much. And so it may not necessarily be a weakness for my kid, but I know that they need to be more proficient at that. So that's also something I include in the summer, kind of a summer project. Yeah, no, no. And I was just going to say for us, because my kids are now all in high school, we have always 
done um, a readiness class for the next class. So for instance, this summer, my daughter will be going into pre-calc. So she's going to take a pre-calc readiness class. And then my son will be going into Algebra 2. So he's going to take a Algebra 2 readiness class that starts at the end of June and it meets one time a week. And then they have some homework that they have to do each day upon going back to the class the following week. And it's online, but it's very good. And we've used that before. So that's a really great resource to throw out there. Is there a particular... Yeah, it's called Mr. D's Math. So if you if you Google Mr. D Math, okay. he offers summer classes. Um, and he also offers, um, you know, yearly classes. And in the summer, he offers classes where you can actually do a whole year of math in the summer so that you don't oh, have to do it yeah, in school. Yeah. So that's also an option. And he's a very, very good resource. You can watch some of his um, videos um, with some testimonials and the way he does it. And I know for my kids, they always say they like the way he explains math. Yes, because it yes. kind of mm -hmm. really helps with the way that they recall it. So when they're doing problems, they remember these little tips that he teaches them that sometimes others have not done. So That's huge um, because math doesn't come naturally for a lot of kids. That's not right or wrong. It just doesn't come naturally for them. So that's really great. Yeah, I think math is definitely one of those areas that it's really good when you find a tool or a resource that speaks to your child so that they can feel confident because in the end, that's what we want. We want them to feel confident in their knowledge, in the, in the way that they can work out the problems so that they can get a good end result. Now, do you know if his classes would count for public school credit? Yes, it can count for public school credit. However, I cannot answer for each specific area, they would probably need to double check with their county, um, state, whatever their uh, rules are there. Of course, yeah. Yeah, a resource like that is just golden. Um, and um, I feel like across the board, whatever your kids' strengths are, that that is something that is, especially in algebra and things where they're really building. Definitely. Um, I think that's very important to keep those uh, formulas and you know concepts yeah sometimes what I've done is I've taken their textbook from the previous year and just gone through and like photocopied the quizzes and tests at the end of each chapter that they covered and I just use those um, mm -hmm. uh, or if there was a workbook you know um, I know you mentioned IXL too um, for math your kids are older than mine what about book reports for your age kids high schoolers now that they're older, I just kind of tell them, you know, you can choose a book, something you would like to read, but it can't be something you've already read because they can try to do that. Right. Probably yeah. what we'll do is more of an oral book report. And that could be like we're sitting around the table and just saying, so how's it going with your book? Mm -hmm. You know, tell me something that's happening. Who are the characters? You know, what do you think? What's your opinion about what's happening in the story? And kind of more of a discussion mm -hmm. than writing so much. Unless I, you know, think like one particular child may need to do some more writing. So maybe I'll have them do more of a, you know, it just depends. You have to tailor it to your kids. I think, you know, or as the summer goes on, perhaps one book you do orally, the other one you do a written one. Um, because I don't know about you, but we read more than just one book over the summer. So yeah, yeah. And some kids are readers. Some kids are not readers, and, and you might have different expectations. That's the tricky thing. You may have a kid who's a reader. Your expectations of them might be higher, and you'll have to have a discussion with, why is this not fair? You know, so that's that's another thing. Luckily, my girls have such a span of age difference yes. that it doesn't get to, to that point between them. 
think that's good to bring up the different options. And then I know even like PowerPoint, my kids love to do like a PowerPoint one and just kind of use all those different PowerPoint tools you can use. And then they'll actually, that's you know. Yeah, and Prezi too. Yeah, and, they, and I like, I really like now that my kids focus a lot on presenting because as they're getting older, they need to be more comfortable in, in a setting where they have to actually speak out loud. And so I, my focus anyway for, for this age group is to present what it is that you've learned you know, presenting it to me, like as if they were doing a presentation, you know, as, as we've had to do in work situations or whatever. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, those yeah. are really good skills to to use to try to help them develop over the summer. Those things that sometimes, too, they don't really have time to uh, foster in, in a school setting. That's one thing in Katie's school year this year. She did a lot of PowerPoints and a lot of presentations. And so, again, that's, that's not great. something I'm going to do this summer. Exactly, because you already did it. But there's also, now that my girls are older, I want them each to read kind of a classic book this summer. And I just Googled, because it's a, they're pretty well-known books, I just Googled study guides for these books. And they have different activities that's not just a report. There's some answering questions, but it's learning, kind of like you said, you know, learning about the history behind this really diving into the characters, doing different activities. And so so they're just reading, required to read one book this whole summer, but they're kind of heavy books. That's awesome. I love really good classic literature. To me, that's awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, there's some books that the girls haven't read, like Katie hasn't read Great Expectations. So I'm like, okay, time to read Great Expectations. Mm-hmm. So. She's like, what yeah, are you talking exactly. about? That's, that's how I am. I have a little list. I know what you mean. I have a list. It's like right, the kids have their right. list, and then I have yeah. my list of what I think they should have read by now. Yeah, yeah not yeah. that Great Expectations was the best year of my life, let me tell you. <laughs> For history, anyway, and reading, there's a great series. It's called Story of the World. And it usually has like maybe over the Middle Ages would be one of them. And each each book is over a different time period, but it has a whole story. And then it has a, a kind of workbook you can get that goes along with it with special projects you can do, book reports and things of that nature. Okay. But it's just a really neat tool. And I know a lot of people use it in the homeschool community. Oh, no kidding. Especially if there's a time period your kids are really jazzed yes. about. Um, and where do you get that resource? Um, you can just go online and Google Story of the World. Um, another resource is Bookshark.com. Um, they have more of a curriculum for the whole entire year, but you can customize it and maybe do like half one summer and half the next summer. And it also has uh, the history and also it will have separate literature that goes along with the history. Oh, perfect. So that as you're learning about history, you can also mm-hmm. read some really good books. And I would recommend Eastern Hemisphere that they have some of the best literature my kids have read and they read so many books and tie it into the actual period time period which is really neat Mm -hmm. bookshark is the actual i'm gonna say retailer but they have world history like part one part two they have american history it's learning about history but it also actually gives you a list of the books that you can buy that go along with that time period but that's a very classical approach reading the literature alongside the history and i would also recommend um, if you're going to use a tool like that is also do some research on amazon and um, ebay for the separate books because sometimes you get them for cheaper there we get 
all of our ebooks um, through the library. So, so yes. that's a free resource since you can't go to the library. I know where our library, I think, is opening up curbside service. But to us, we all have our reading devices and we just go to the ebook section of the library and there's a lot there. So even not getting, you know, paper books, we still love our paper books. So, but if we can get it free. It's a great tool. And then also Abe books, um, they're used books. You can go there and find books for really, really cheap. Yeah, yeah, especially if you're only going to read them once. Hey, thank you again, Christiana, for joining me to give some great information to these parents who just want to help their kids. Thanks so much, Anne, for having me. We'll be sure to post resources on the Short and Sweet Facebook page. Also, I'm getting so excited for the actual launch of the podcast on July 7. No more pre-launch. Starting July 1st, I will be posting launch announcements on the Short and Sweet Facebook page. Plus, I can't wait to tell you also, I will be launching my website and blog then too. That will be at myshortandsweettips.com. If you wouldn't mind sharing the launch info on social media and tagging me, you will be entered into a drawing to win some short and sweet merch with the cute little bus on them. Be sure to tag me so you can be entered into the drawing. I know we all have our good days and our bad days, and that's totally normal right now. Through all the craziness, though, I honestly hope that your positive attitude shines through because that is what is contagious.